I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. If you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spence North, and today, not only are we joined by special guests, but we're in a special place. This is the first ever game of Meat Eater Trivia that we've recorded somewhere other than the Meat Eater Podcast Studio. Right now, we're sitting in the incredible First Light flagship store in Haley, Idaho, and we're joined by First Light employees Bridget Noonan, Kevin Harlander, and Forward Ben Fossen. We also have some meat eater regulars with us like Steve, Cal, Clay, Sean, and Corinne. Now, Steve, you've had a chance to size up these first light folks after a, a regular podcast episode here. Who do you think is a threat? I, I, don't, I heard that, that it's expected that Ford will do well. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can, I heard you, a can you share your sources? Who just told me that? Me. Kevin. Oh. Kevin told me that he... I think he didn't even th- say that he thinks he'll do well. I think that... He was saying that other people were saying that he'd do well. Oh, Bridget, Bridget's the one who <laughs> thinks he's going to do well. Ford just oh, so knows. you're the source. Yeah, he just knows oh. everything about everything. It's kind of annoying, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, no pressure. It's yeah. Annoying people do pretty good on trivia here. No. Bridget, Kevin, how you guys feel about uh, trivia? <laughs> Medium strong. Okay. Not great. All right. Well, uh, good thing we got Ford here then. That's my team. Dude, I want to be, be, be Ford so bad, man. I got to ask, Steve, did you hear Clay's remark there? He said, I heard annoying people do well on trivia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just make sure you heard that. that. I mean, I, I've done pretty well on trivia. Oh, okay. Clay, yeah. Clay, Clay is so nice a human that I actually need to follow up to make sure that was a jab and that I'm not just, oh. that wasn't just like a misunderstanding <laughs> that I just heard. No, Clay, yeah, Clay is so perfect that. He's the only person allowed to play remotely. Mm. Like, you can trust. Mm. Like, I wouldn't let myself play remotely. <laughs> no way on earth. Because <laughs> I'd be like, 
I'd probably just be like, well, let me just check and see what they say, <laughs> what they say online about this subject. What the Wikipedia says. <laughs> just, I'm not going to steal the answer. I'm just going to have a quick look. Just jogged my memory. Now, That's if all. you're not familiar, this is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eaters for Verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. And for Unless large, you get a perfect game. Then we do 1000 bucks, which has happened one time. Not to me. And for our stat of the week this week, we're looking at overtime. On average, Meat Eater Trivia ends in a tie and goes to overtime 36% of the time. Steve is the best overtime performer, winning mm. three out of the four times Clutch. he's gone wow. to overtime. And Brody is the worst overtime performer, only winning one of the seven times he's made it to the 11th <laughs> question. <laughs> he's only run one out of seven? One of seven. Wow. It's amazing how good he is. I take back everything I just said about Brody, man. It's amazing how good he is at questions one through ten, but that 11th one, can't pull it off. Yeah, just to, mm. just so, cause in case this doesn't go to overtime, I want to explain to folks mm -hmm. real quick. Overtime is, it winds up being a numerical question. And it's like, you, it's, you get presented with a thing and you have to guess a number. Not guess. You make an educated guess at a number. Like one of them was, uh, one of them was the average cost the national average of a resident fishing license. I won that one. <laughs> there's there's uh, one of the, the three that you've won. Now, before we play trivia, we have some housekeeping to get to. On a previous game of trivia, we talked about how Teddy Roosevelt sent New Zealand their first moose and elk. Well, listener Ryan Davidson wrote in to say that he got that question right because in the video game The Hunter, Call of the Wild, there's a storyline where our friend Remy Warren has to hunt down New Zealand's last moose that was sent by Teddy Roosevelt. So Ryan wanted to let Steve know that video games really can teach you something. Oh, hmm. uh, why does he want to kill the last moose Roosevelt sent? I don't know. Don't 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 poke holes in it. He Just was that too he lonely, it. dude. Yeah. My kid, like, oh my god, drives me. Despite that contract we have, that stupid video game thing drives me nuts. He the other day hawked a wood chip at his sister and hit her in the back of the head and lost it for two weeks. Whoa. That's not even on the contract. Is that the first penalty you've had <laughs> they to were, enforce? They got in a fight about gardening chores and yeah, apparently he hawked a wood chip at her. And is that the first penalty you've had to enforce on oh, the... No, he normally doesn't have it. What's the longest? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the longest suspension you've had to dish out? He's probably got it where he's probably gone a week in possession of the controllers <laughs> without getting the controllers locked into the gun safe. He's probably pulled a week. But no, he like normally is losing it. Keep us updated on that. I like it. <laughs> also on a previous game, we talked about the movie The Last of the Mohicans and their prolific use of flintlocks. I also brought up how Natty Bumpo is in the movie, to which Cal said he's not, but it turns out he is. That's because in the Leather Stocking Tales book series, which the movie is based on... It is Natty. He is Natty Bumpo. Bumpo goes by many aliases like Deerslayer, Leather Stocking, Pathfinder, Straight Tongue... The Pigeon, and Hawkeye. So, Daniel Day-Lewis's character, Hawkeye, in The Last of the Mohicans, is actually portraying Natty Bumpo, even though they don't call him that. Dude, I feel like, when I'm not there, I feel like I'm getting robbed, man. <laughs> but do, like, you know, do you know uh, Mark Twain hated uh, James Fenimore Cooper? No. And wrote like a, a hilarious takedown of Natty Bumpo and James Fenimore Cooper. Yeah, Twain hated him. So can you explain? So the leather stocking. I don't mean to bully you. I don't mean to be bullying, bullying aggression. Was compiled. <laughs> but he didn't like that writer. Into 
last of the Mohicans? One of the books in the Leatherstocking Tales was the last of the Mohicans. And in that book, Natty Bumpo was known as Hawkeye, but he went by many other aliases as well. Well, Last of the Mohicans is not a thin book. You're not going to read that over the weekend. So Leatherstocking Tales must be a heck of a series. Must be. You going you gonna to pick it up? You got to learn more about Natty Bumpo. I don't know. I, I'll tell you that the book, Last of the Mohicans, uh, will make the movie seem like a G-rated movie. So you read the book, and you saw the movie, and you didn't yeah. know it was about Natty Bumpo? No, because they call him Hawkeye. Learned something. I thought that guy was the guy from MASH. Well, he is the guy, <laughs> I, I believe. Uh, I believe the man from MASH was named after. Oh, after Natty Bumpo. Yeah. See, my old man would refer to, he would talk about Natty Bumpo. He'd talk if you were good at hunting, he'd say you were a Natty Bumpo. Oh. Interesting. Mm. I'll tell you right now, if that MASH theme song started playing, it just sucked me right back into Grandpa's living room. <laughs> oh, Spencer, you know what, man? What's up? On the on the on the the, the show, the mm-hmm. podcast that precedes this on yep. Mondays, I started to tell a story, but I didn't finish the story. Go, go ahead. Great great real job quick. Finish the, the platform story. is yours. <laughs> I just I just real quick. My dad would say he would talk about uh, optimists and pessimists. Okay. And he said, if you put, you, you, he would he would do either optimists and pessimists or rich kids and poor kids, depending on what point he was trying to make. He talked about if you take a poor kid, or you take a rich kid and put him in a room full of horse shit, he's just going to sit there and cry. You put a poor kid in a room full of horse shit, and he's going to start digging around in there because he says, with all this horse shit, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was all. Go on with the show. And finally, on a previous game, we talked about the acronym FIFO, which stands for first in, first out, and is applied to perishable goods. We had some listeners from states like Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania write in to say that FIFO also stands for effing idiot from Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) It's generally used to insult out-of-state hunters and anglers when they appear to be incompetent, and it's most often used at boat ramps to describe people who can't back up trailers. And with that, we're on to Mediator Trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? Just tend to win everything. Game on, suckers! Question one. This will be multiple choice. And the topic is cooking. According to the FDA, what temperature should your freezer be? Is it zero degrees, 10 degrees, 20 degrees, or 30 degrees? Again, according to the FDA, what temperature should your freezer be? Zero, 10, 20, or 30? This is in Fahrenheit. Oh, you know you're a statistician, people? Yeah, what's up? Uh, how long you give to uh, how long people have to answer questions? Because I, th- I feel like it varies. We're gonna have to put them on the payroll if we start what, asking what them to the, track. What that. were the numbers? Zero degrees, ten degrees, twenty degrees, or thirty degrees. And this is according to the FDA on what temperature your freezer should be. What did you want them to track? I missed that. Why he give? Why the amount of time you have? I told him a long time ago. He doesn't listen. Is to get an hourglass little thing, a minute counter, mm, like from a he, board game. Yeah, and he won't do it, and he just lets it be up to you some kind answer, of whim. I'm, I'm worried that would uh, suppress the banter that makes this more than just like straight facts. Yeah. 
Does everybody have an answer? Oh, yeah. Yes. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne saying 20, Kevin saying 20, Bridget saying 30, Clay saying 20, Steve saying zero, Cal saying 30, Sean saying zero, and Ford oh, did you saying say fridge 10. or freezer? Freezer. Oh, okay. The okay. correct well, answer. Why would you set it at 30? You're flirting with disaster, dude. I thought uh, I was get originally the, going with 20, the, and I'm like, done. well, 20 doesn't make any sense either. Frozen is frozen. So what's, what's the answer? The correct answer is zero degrees. Oh, Steve right is there, the buddy. only one no, to get it. Oh, Steve zero. and Sean. So your strategy was all or nothing. I no, I just know what my freezer set at. Oh, really? Uh, he reads the FDA guidelines daily. <laughs> they say that a zero-degree freezer will keep an adequate temperature for about 48 hours in case the power ever goes out. And when it comes to refrigerators, they say the temperature should never exceed 40 degrees. God, that was my gut, and I overthought it. I was like, oh, it's a yeah. trick question. That's, called, that's when your homunculus knows something and your brain overrides it, man. We're on to question two. The topic is woodsmanship. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Cy Courser. For sending this great question, Cy is going to get a $100 First Light gift card. If you want a chance to win the listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeateater.com. Cy can also come into the store here and use his gift card. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be cute. He could well, save it for a year and get some waiters. I don't think yeah, I, he uh, could save it. Talked about waiters. the store enough. The store really whoops ass. I thought I was going to be walking into like uh, like a shopping mall kiosk sort of situation. <laughs> but this is amazing. I'm glad you have you such a pop-up store. This is great. Yeah, I want to say like hang out in here. Like, like, a, like a jeweler in an airport kind of store? Maybe. <laughs> I'm glad you said the Barlow. Yeah. I appreciate Tons that. of faith in Let our marketing. Let me tell you, piece. I ain't that though. Are you disappointed that you can't find Ray-Bans in here? No, but we, got, we sell everything except Ray-Bans. Question two, again, woodsmanship. This is our listener question of the week. There are two states in the lower 48 that don't have venomous snakes. Name one of them. Again, there are two states in the lower 48 that don't have venomous snakes. I want you to name one of those states. Nobody with a quick answer. No. Everyone's thinking real hard. Dude. Trying to figure out where those two states are. Again, the lower 48. Do we have a regular time period to answer here? Or what's what's the... No, nah, just, just... We whenever, need a long time. Everyone's done writing. Like trim it out while I think. <laughs> this is a great question. Mm. That's why it's Son our listener question of the week, and they're going to have a $100 gift card to show for it. Son of a mother scratcher. I got it. Steve said he has it. Does everyone else have an answer? Mm-hmm. I have an answer. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne saying, what, what's the answer here? Pick one. It's, it's Connecticut. Sorry. Connecticut. Corinne says Connecticut. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought he said two. I must be having a stroke or something. Kevin <laughs> says Maine. Bridget says Illinois. Clay says Maine. Steve says Maine. Cal says Maine. Sean says Vermont. And Ford says Rhode Island. The two states are Maine and Rhode Island. Wow. Oh, no. wow. I had so Rhode Island wow. and I erased it. The Ford, did you actually know well. that? I was thinking, where are their timber rattlers? But I mean, That's, why aren't they timber rattlers? That was the tricky part, there. man. Those, timber rattlers. Those mother Because people don't know what people, like, you know what? Uh, I never, they're, they're like, I have people. I'm, I'm having a hard time making my sentence. <laughs> so much I'm excitement. Use my words. I'm gonna make my sentence. <laughs> they're in. They're in Michigan. 
everyone I know runs into the things grouse hunting or something. I personally, in the the twenty years I lived there, never laid eyes on one. If you if if it wasn't for people telling me about them, I would have said there's no way they're here. I'm frankly surprised they're not in Maine because they're if they're in Vermont and New Hampshire. I mean, that's what I, yeah. Come on, stones throw. Yeah, and I got friends like, oh, I shot one with twenty two, killed one with a rock, whatever. I'm like, I have never run into one. It's great you brought up the timber rattler because although the timber rattlesnake used to be found in both states, it's now considered extirpated in both areas. The last rattlesnake in Maine was spotted in 1901, and the last one in Rhode Island was in the 1970s. Alaska and Hawaii are the only other two states without venomous snakes. Funny you mentioned mm-hmm. that, man, because remember we were saying how like a rattlesnake in Hawaii dude would love that place. It would do well. Oh, yeah. Oh. It'd be part. Yeah, Cal can't get you. Cal can't get used to the fact that they're not there. He's always talking about like it seems like they should be, like in the lava rocks and grass. And he says, "I can't get over the thing that I feel like I need to tiptoe around." Like like bending over to like pick up uh, firewood. We're like you know roasting a sheep on this beautiful Hawaiian spot, and like the back of my neck is just in knots because I'm like, ooh, careful now. There's going to be... Like, watch yourself. There's going to be a big old rattler in there. Question three, the topic is conservation. What does a federal duck stamp cost in 2022? Oh. Oh. Interesting. Again, what does a federal duck stamp cost in 2022? Sean, you know this one? Yes. Yeah, you know (laughs) Looking for a dollar amount. What if you give a? What if you tell what it was in the? No. It's cost right now. Twenty nineteen. Has it? Does it change quite a bit? No. We're not talking uh, any you know, further am, about it. Here I am doing my own my own worst. The thing I hate most. Can I get a hint? Like it's just a round dollar number. Are there cents? The hint is you should go buy one after this. You should buy two. Then check your receipt. That's right. Again, what does a federal duck stamp cost in 2022? This is another one that feels mm. like it should be so simple, but is it? Now, Corinne, I see you writing a lot of answers over here again. <laughs> you know, I just throw a lot out there. Okay. Does everybody have an answer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corinne puts several answers down or no answers down. It's like, it's like rarely is it like just an answer. Texas with a dollar sign. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne saying $22.50. Kevin saying $32. Bridget saying $22. Oh, Clay saying $50. Steve saying $20. Cal saying $25. Sean saying $25. Uh-oh. And Ford saying $35. We do have a correct answer. It's $25. Oh, oh good. congratulations. Dang. Federal I know, I duck stamps. $22.50. Federal duck stamps used to cost $15, but their price was raised to $25 in 2014. The bill that made the change was signed by President Obama and raised an additional $16 million for wildlife habitat. You know, in your little tidbit there, I would have appreciated had you alluded to the controversy that it raised by from 15 to 25, people pointed out that it's a blank percent increase. But then adjusted for inflation, it was still lower. It was adjusted for inflation. It was cheaper than when it was first 15. Sure. Yeah. If Mm. you adjusted it for inflation since it was founded, it 
should be like a sixty dollar, I think, is okay. what it was. It's like it's a significant amount of money. It should be. That's what Clay was going for with fifty. Well, I think they ripped me off. I'm pretty sure I paid fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to point out though, even like obviously like happened under the Obama administration, but after like years of lobbying uh, occurred by lots of sportsmen's groups, Ducks Unlimited was huge on uh, lobbying for the uh, federal stamp increase. Big win for everyone. Question four, the topic is biology. This next great question comes to us via Grant Robison. If you have a question you think is right for meat eater trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What is the rule that describes how animals living in cold climates tend to be larger than the same species living in warm climates? I knew the answer to that before it came out of your oh, mouth. Yeah. Again, the topic is biology. Pumped. What is the rule that describes how animals living in cold climates tend to be larger than the same species living in warm climates? Some very quick answers in the room. Uh, as Clay noted, before I even finished the question... <laughs> I didn't even listen to the last part of the question. I was glad you said it again, because it was the question I thought it was. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to get into the part where I start... Uh, not arguing with you. Okay. Uh, years ago... Hey, I've got an exception oh, no, to that I, law. I know the answer, but there's like... I, you'll see. There's a problem. I want to talk about an exception. <laughs> okay. Are you talking about uh, pygmy mammoths? No. Well, that'd be an exception, too, though. Oh, does everybody have an answer? You guys get carried away. You get a little ahead of yourselves. Uh, Does it start with what letters does it start with again? (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate the effort. Everybody good? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne (laughs) saying elephant titus. Ha, ha, ha. Kevin saying Ford. Bridget saying what Clay says. Clay says Bergman's. Steve says Bergman's. Cal says Bergman's. Sean, without an answer. Ford saying Bergman's. You guys got it. It is Bergman's rule. Well, no, I believe it's been downgraded to Bergman's principle mm. because of all the exceptions. Mm. Yeah, this is named after German biologist Carl Bergman, who described the pattern in 1947. Some examples of animals that follow Bergman's rule include fox, principle. copepods, crocodiles, penguins, and humans. Whitetails. Whitetail deer. So, okay. So, whitetails white are the great example because you look at the Keys deer versus the, uh, you know, the Canadian the Alberta deer. giants. I think I, uh, smallmouth bass are one that like generally follows it with some exceptions. They're not a mammal though, so that's a big exception. Oh, gotcha. Well, I've heard so, someone talk about it with smallmouth. I've never heard a Seen biologist say place. this. Yeah, good job. I've never heard a biologist say this, but uh-huh. bears seem to go opposite of Bergman's. Bergman's law because like the whole idea of a bigger body size is to retain heat so that means they have to withstand the winter but a bear goes into estivation it's not really hibernation and so they skip winter and so the biggest black bears in the world are in the south because they're eating mm. more months that's right and so yeah. they they basically huh. skip out on huh. the cold yeah and so they're sense. they don't follow that rule if you if, think about a think about a grizzly like let's say a grizzly on the north slope of the brooks range He's normally hibernating. Right. Most of the... <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean? Right. All the time. He's like, what do you do? Typically, I'm hibernating. Yeah. Are there any grizzlies that don't hibernate? I assume they all do in their range. They're probably... Well, weak. in some areas, I know they... In some areas, they'll, they, they have a... They sort of like flirt with their den. Mm. They'll do like what, like what black bears in Maryland, right? A real bad cold snap, they'll hole up. Uh-huh. But as soon as things get nice, they'll pop back out. So even in... You know, people 
photographers in Yellowstone National Park are always catching grizzlies out dicking around in February, March. You know, they come out to do stuff. You got to think the one that lived in New Mexico, you know, 150 years ago, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have. Right. Well, they, 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 let's not get into the details here, but <laughs> bears, they den. In, in a lot of places based on food availability, not on temperature. Mm. So you could have a bear in really warm places mm. even go into, yeah. and they don't hibernate. Because bears, don't, bears don't hibernate. Well, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, but so, yeah. We're on to question five. Is this a fact show, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> we will get a scoreboard update from Phil after this. The topic is public lands. Name one of Outside Magazine's 10 Best Mountain Towns in America for 2022. Name one of Outside Magazine's 10 Best Mountain Towns in America for 2022. Just looking for one of them. Hopefully not Haley. Don't Don't name anything now in why Montana, is this, Why is this on this trivia show? Because they're they're rating one of the things that they look at is like what you can do in that town. Public lands happens to weigh heavily on that factor. Oh, still kind of stupid. On principle, I'm not. I'm sticking to other states. <laughs> Again, name one of Outside Magazine's ten best mountain towns in America for 2022. Would this be based upon? This this based on whatever criteria you think but outside I mean, like, magazine it would be based, would be based on, on what they didn't what they what did last year. Right, don't want to do it again. Didn't do last year. <laughs> sure. So you got to have some deep intel on this magazine. Spencer, can I clarify something? Yeah, what's up? Was the term they use mountain town or was it like place to get out? They call them mountain towns. The best mountain towns. I think the article is the twenty four best mountain towns. That they have twenty four of them, but I'm looking for the top that ten. Mean, could that, could that town be in a valley? Ten, not giving any more hints. Does everybody have an answer? A mountain town written down. Uh, this is the, this is probably your stupidest worst question. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we have Corinne. You ready, Sean? Yeah. We have Corinne saying Jackson. Kevin saying Boise. Bridget saying Tahoe. Clay saying Bozeman. Steve saying Bozeman, Cal saying Steamboat, Sean saying Ketchum, Ford saying Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, that was bold, Ford. I like well, it. Well, they picked that one a lot. The top 10 are Lake Placid, New York, Sedona, Arizona, Bozeman, Montana, Stowe, Vermont, Asheville, North Carolina, <laughs> Bend, no way. Bend, Oregon, Truckee, California, Telluride, Colorado, Jackson, Wyoming, and Park City, Utah. Asheville makes it because they're trying to spread the love out a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, and there's all that bluegrass. Mm-hmm. That those yeah, I was in Asheville love. a couple weeks ago. I actually bears had, walking had around the city like yeah. Crazy. What's that that uh, hotel place up there? We got stopped by a bear jam up there when we were oh, driving really? through. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I know right, but you noticed that I got it correct, right? Outside yeah. Magazine declared Park City, Utah, the best mountain town in America. They love that the ski town has 450 miles of trails on public land, is near the Provo and Weber rivers for fly anglers, and produces some of the best whiskey in the country. Hmm. Yeah, but let's Debatable. not talk about Utah <laughs> like, stream access law. Debatable. How you can do a trivia show about someone else's like subjective, but subjective marketing-based... Hold on, 
it's like here's, it's insane. Here's here's why I I can justify. We've done questions about like the fishing hall of fame before, which is totally subjective. That's not decided on by like some spreadsheet. Keyword there being well, fishing. I, I felt like <laughs> this the question, talked about they like the fishing and the public land accessibility. I felt like the question had to do with our knowledge of just like pop culture. Sure. Like you got ben, you got you know, bonus points if you knew about Outside Magazine. Here's another thing, is that <laughs> I take a lot of pride in that a lot of feedback we get is people saying that this is the only podcast that their spouse or significant other will listen to with mm-hmm. them because they feel like they can play along. So I think it's crucial to, like, throw a bone to some folks who aren't necessarily hardcore hunters and anglers because we'll we'll keep them around uh, they feel like they can. Or are we going to get a bunch of like show. Taylor Swift he questions? Serves, in he here? serves many masters, that Spencer. That's right. I think it's good for the show, and I take a lot of pride knowing that those folks want to play along. Before you got here, we were joking about maybe it'd be a Britney Spears themed mm-hmm. week, and it sounds like that's becoming reality. Maybe. Someday, mm. Phil, hit us with a scoreboard update. We are halfway through the game of trivia. Uh, l- let me know when the Britney Spears week is coming, because then I'll play. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> ooh. Uh, we have Bridget Noonan uh, with zero points. Thank you. For you were very close with, uh, with, with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone didn't hear that? <laughs> uh, Kevin and Corinne both have one point. Uh, wait, wait, sh- pound. Sean Weaver has two, and then duking it out for the top few spots, we have Ford Clay and Cal all with three points, mm. and Stephen Ranella. Is in first place with four points. Wow! You just you just smile. That's so that freezer question. That freezer question. Can be shot. That's a slim lead. Oh, how bad is the lead? How how good you're, or bad? Or you're whatever? up one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody's game. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times, I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like Black Buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, 
consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey everybody, I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who over recent months I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video. And in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, they're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people, 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. Question six, the topic is cooking. This next great question comes to us via Clayton Hunt. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Derived from a Latin word that means horse's hind leg, this object is used for suspending slaughtered animals. Very good question. Hmm. Again, derived from the Latin word that means horse's hind leg, this object is used for suspending slaughtered animals. Spencer, this is an example of a good question. Meat hook. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the meat hooks on that filly. Shout out to the, the spouses and significant others that uh, listen with the folks uh, that are generally in our audience. No, I like that question you had, man. The more I think about it, I hadn't thought about the way you were thinking about it. The Mountain Towns one? Yeah, no, I okay. like it now. Well, and he got oh, it wow. right, so that helps. <laughs> one more time here. Derived from the Latin word that means horse's hind leg, this object is used for suspending slaughtered animals. I did not see any answers that uh, came upon us very quickly. Oh, I, dude, you hadn't even finished. Oh, and you knew it? Oh, yeah. Okay. You knew it? You know, wow. First place, Steve, putting the pressure on everyone else. I mean, I don't even know what to guess. Have you guys no, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know if it's right. Does everybody who is going to come up with an answer have an answer? Clay, our equestrian fella, doesn't know it. You know, I'd like to point out that Clay's the only person I've ever met who plays with his board horizontal. <laughs> really? We got, oh. we got another one over here. Oh, you show me your damn answer. <laughs> does everybody have an answer? Kevin does. Go ahead and reveal your answers. Uh, we have Corinne without an answer. Kevin saying gamble. Bridget saying Spelling lawyer. doesn't matter. Clay without an answer. Steve saying gamble. Cal saying gamble, Sean without an answer, and Ford saying gamble. 
The correct answer is Gambrel. Are you accepting Gamble? <laughs> wow, that was a good <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't know that I would have, but then four of I you play did dialect. It. I play dialect there. Because you have a normal, like, spelling doesn't matter rule, but it's a decidedly different word. Yeah. If I said, I'd like to go gamble, or if I said, I need to go get a gambrel, mm-hmm. right? Two very different things. Now, I think the dialect is important here that he pointed out. I because I, I can in say, the context, Stephen. I can say with 100% certainty I've never written that word in my life. <laughs> I think yeah. we're going to give it to you guys. Okay. Since so many folks did the same thing. Never heard the, the R pronounced in it, honestly, in, in all the meat hook days. Now, it also shares a name with the style of roof that builders refer to as Dutch roofs. Most modern gambrels can support anywhere from 500 to 1,500 pounds, which means the limiting factor is usually how much weight your ceiling joist can hold. Oh, now I've definitely pronounced that wrong. What's in that? In my building days, it was a gambled roof. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know that that was the same word. Maybe, maybe folks just leave the R off there. Wow, Cal, you're, you're also pronouncing the second word wrong. There. <laughs> <laughs> what was the second word? R O O F. He's over two on that one. I'm gonna go set in the crick after this. So. <laughs> Round to question seven. The topic is woodsmanship. Who was the documentary filmmaker that lived among brown bears in Alaska for 13 oh, summers? Oh my god! Before oh. getting eaten by them in 2003. <laughs> Watched that two years ago. Who was the oh. documentary filmmaker? I have heard this name way too many times. Oh, that lived among brown bears in Alaska for 13 oh, summers. This is gonna drive me nuts. Right. Before getting know. eaten by them <laughs> in 2003. Steve had the quickest answer in the room. He might have it's questions the, like this that make you a good trivia player, and I am not gonna get it. I know the name <laughs> of the filmmaker who did the film on. Oh. And he, the guy has a nickname. Are we looking too. for a full name? Last name will do. Oh, okay. First name will do then? No. No. Last name only. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, we're changing that. Give me one minute. One minute. Okay. Give me a couple more minutes. Again, the documentary filmmaker that lived among brown bears in Alaska for 13 summers before getting eaten by them in 2003. This is question seven. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. Corinne without an answer. Kevin without an answer. Bridget without an answer. Clay saying Chris. Steve saying Timothy Treadwell. Cal saying Tim Treadwell. Sean saying Treadwell. And Ford saying Treadwell. You guys got it. It's Timothy Treadwell. Mm -hmm. Now there is a six minute audio clip that exists where you can hear Treadwell being eaten alive. (laughs) Just before being mauled, his camcorder was turned on, but the lens cap wasn't taken off. His ex-girlfriend owns the camcorder with the audio, but has vowed to never release it to the public. She did allow the director of the 2005 documentary Grizzly Man to hear it, though. While listening to it, the director takes off his headphones, and this is what he says to her. You must never listen to this. I think you should not keep it. You should destroy it. And the audio has never been heard by more people after that. Well, that's horrifying. I'd love to hear that six-minute video. They played, like, the lead-in... But well, I feel it. like now, someone we, heard some of it. Right. It I, was leaked because I know it's like there's someone screaming, hit it with a pan, no, hit it with a pan. Now, now there are or is that versions, something different? There's versions that are floating around YouTube that have been proven to be hoaxes. Oh. Uh, because there have been a mm. couple folks that have heard it and they're like, no, like all, all these details are, are wrong. And one of the things that I think was really chilling that someone who has heard it pointed out was like, you don't hear the stereotypical bear noises while this is happening. Like the bear's not like growling and huffing and, and like 
uh, just being super vocal the whole time. All you hear are, like the screams and you hear the frying pan hitting the bear and things like it's that. It's like me. It's like the silent killer. <laughs> yes. Something what like if that. what if what if this is just very presumptive and he was actually saying like I never should have dated you. <laughs> you think, why are we going? You think that's like what that's keeping? why Herzog said don't listen. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We're on to question eight. We will get think a about scoreboard it, update no, think about after it. this from Phil. <laughs> what state had the most registered hunters in 2018? 2018. In 2018. Oh, 2018. That's the latest data that I could find. What state had the most registered hunters in 2018? Well, define a registered hunter. A hunter who owns a hunting license. Oh, okay. 2018. Before the pandemic. Oh, I shouldn't. You're not allowed to talk, huh? <laughs> what if I told you the, <laughs> the top for number three? One here, so. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are looking for number one. The most registered hunters in 2018 when uh treadwell was killed people like to talk about how stupid he was and uh oh he should have he had it coming but listen man that dude knew what he was doing talked about what might happen and could out camp anyone in this room i'm very surprised to hear that you're a treadwell defender listen man to live in that bugging, mosquito-infested, soaking wet, alder-choked hellhole all summer for that many years in a row, no one wants to do that. And he made good content. Outcamp anybody in this room. Does everybody have an answer? <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne saying West Virginia. Kevin saying Michigan. Bridget saying Pennsylvania. Clay saying Pennsylvania. Steve saying Texas. Cal saying Michigan. Sean saying Pennsylvania, and Ford saying Texas. The correct answer is Texas. Well done. Just dominating, dude. Well (laughs) done. I mean, I knew it like Pennsylvania and Michigan were always neck and neck. Hey, Steve, why don't you tell us how you feel about your performance so far? Sorry to to interrupt. Go ahead. Now, this is according to data from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife (laughs) Service. They say that Texas sold over 1 million hunting licenses in 2018, which is a couple hundred thousand more than second place Pennsylvania. Texas also harvested about 600,000 deer that year, which is number one in the country. Oh, it wasn't wow, like Texas. her like number of people. Total in the state. registered oh, yeah. hunters. That's okay. What I'm an ass. And so they dumb. do it. What, what, what's remarkable is that many people in the woods in in such a paucity of uh, public hunting opportunities. You know, but just mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of huntable ground. Yeah. Now, why the question had to be worded as registered hunters? Because if it was just hunting licenses. Then you have states like Wisconsin that I think sell twice as many actual hunting licenses by the time you figure in like upland licenses and deer tags and Mm. things like that. So Texas is number one for registered hunters, but they're not necessarily at the top for everything else. Phil, we have two questions left. Give us a scoreboard update. We have uh, three players still in the game. We have Ryan Callahan, who has five points. And really living up to his reputation, we have Ford Van Fossen with six. And in first place is the silent killer, Stephen Renault <laughs> with seven. Is that a self-nickname? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Steve's the, the annoying player in the locker room. He's like, let me tell you, uh, we all know Stephen Rennell is an amazing player. And, uh, you know, Stephen Rennell really lived up to his performance today. And I just want to thank God. 
when I saw <laughs> when I saw Chappelle when I saw Chappelle the other night, Chappelle twice said the wor- he twice described himself as the world's greatest comedian. I think he did that more than two times. Yeah, I was, was, I was, I was, was surprised, excellent. but he was emphatic. <laughs> he question is. nine. The topic is foraging. This next great question comes mm. to us via Adam Hamilton. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. Also known as the Appalachian banana, this is considered to be the largest fruit native to the United States. Also known as the Appalachian banana, this is considered to be the largest fruit native to the United States. Steve, our guy in first, how you feel about this? I wrote quick. Okay. Not cockily. Ford, how about I you? I feel quite cockily about oh, that. All right. Good on you. Largest fruit native to the United States, and its nickname is the Appalachian banana. Also called a custard apple from time to time. A heavy hint. Listen. And look at the pens fly. The ink is flying. I feel that was suitably... Uh, ambiguous. Listen, don't be doing that <laughs> stuff, man. That's like Cal. <laughs> Does that all the time. Makes me want to strangle him. Does everybody have an answer? No. Sort of. For what the now Appalachian banana is. That didn't help you anymore? Oh, it actually made it worse now uh, when you gave a bonus nickname. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Korean without an answer, Kevin without an answer, Bridget saying jackfruit. Clay saying pawpaw, Steve saying pawpaw, Cal saying pawpaw, Sean without an answer, and Ford saying pawpaw. You guys got it. It's the pawpaw. I like the way Spencer sounds saying uh, pawpaw. Can you say it It's better when he says jaguar. Now, this has got me thinking about the Appalachian banana hammock. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but I could see a product. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing we got first light folks here. Now they can have uh, the pawpaw line. The pawpaw is found in most Midwestern and Southeastern states. Its texture has been compared to custard, and its flavor has been described as a cross between a banana, mango, and cantaloupe. They grow in they grow in pawpaw groves, you know, like a pawpaw patch. You don't say. <laughs> they, no, no, it's a it's a unique. The one place you never want to look for an apple is an apple grove. <laughs> No, no, no. See, like a like a persimmon tree. Uh-huh. You could have like a lone sure. persimmon tree. Pawpaws grow in patches. Like you'll be walking through big open woods, usually on the northern slope, north Messick slope. You got them in your country? Patch. Oh, you got, yeah. Yeah? I got them on my land. You ever eat them? They're very hard to find, ripe. Mm. I mean, you got to the, check the, the groves and patches, <laughs> you know. <it's- laughs> The last question, uh, Phil, give us a scoreboard update one more time because I think we still have a competition here, right? We do. Uh, Ford and Steve are battling it out. Ford has seven. Steve has eight. So uh, if Steve slips up and Ford gets this right, then we're uh, going on to the tiebreaker. Fucking freezer question. (laughs) Question 10. The topic is fishing. What great lake is said to have its own Bermuda Triangle where ships and planes often disappear? Ooh. I feel like Steve might have an advantage here. Mm. <laughs> what Great Lake is said to have its own Bermuda Triangle where ships and planes often disappear? Do you know this, Steve? No. 
Okay, so there's a chance for you here. I'm Ford. just listing Great Lakes. Okay, <laughs> trying to do that. Pick one of them by the time we're done, though. The Bermuda Triangle of the Great Lakes is where? You tell us when we're good, and we're gonna reveal the answers, Ford. Don't overthink it. In some horrible college marketing scheme, they named this downtown uh, region in Missoula, Montana, the Barmuda Triangle. <laughs> I, I just despise that. I'd be a you sucker brought, for that. I like it. The Barmuda, there's a Barmuda Triangle in Bozeman. Oh, is it's there? the Hoffbrow. Oh, sure. Maybe that's so, what I'm so thinking of. Molly Brown. And the scoop, but the scoop is uh, no, no more. Mm. It's just a Barmuda line now. <laughs> oh, if it doesn't have karaoke, right, Phil? I mean, why even go? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Corinne saying Huron, Kevin saying Superior, Bridget saying Michigan, Clay saying Superior, Steve saying Superior, Cal saying Michigan, Sean saying Superior, and Ford saying Superior. The correct answer is Michigan. Oh, mm. So Cal got it right, and Bridget got it right. right. Oh, no. Steve is still our winner. How many did you get right? Eight? Well done. That's the second time I've written Michigan on the board today. I felt, <laughs> felt pretty good about it both times. Steve, what happens next is you get to choose where the $500 donation goes. Just, so what's like, it going to be? Yeah, it's, I'm, it's not a escape in my notice. It's just zero excitement enthusiasm <laughs> from anyone. You can Joe, go ahead and speak Phil, the third person. When people win, when when people win I get so excited for them. <laughs> I get so happy and excited for I him. hate to break it to you, Steve, but I think everyone might have been playing, pulling for Ford mm. this game. Yeah, true. You really like had a lot of support put behind him. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my money. Um I used to be I used to be it would always go to Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Mm -hmm. I I strayed a little bit uh, for our own land access initiative. I strayed for Seth Cantner's publisher. Uh, but I'm going back to TRCP. I think they'll like that. Hey, okay. Talking about Ford and Steve, if there were, if we were, if this were a bas two rival basketball teams that mm -hmm. were playing, and there were two like top players, and like one of the top players won, uh -huh. but we still didn't really feel good about the outcome of the wider game. <laughs> <laughs> we would have them play one on one, uh -huh. like after hours, like Ford and Steve one on one. Sounds excellent. First light, folks. Thank you for joining us, Ford. Well done. We're going to have to have you back on to play again. That'd be awesome. Good job, Ford. Again, the First Light store in Haley, Idaho. This whips ass. I dig it. We're going to have to come back in here and play uh, just because it's so fun to hang out here. Not a mall kiosk. That's right. Not a mall kiosk. Join us next time for more Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. 
You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Montana Casting Company is a performance fly rod and reel company based right here in our capital, Helena, Montana. Each model of fly rod is a tribute to Montana's rugged beauty and adventurous spirit. Their rods capture the look, feel, and craftsmanship of a custom-built fly rod. Scott personally calls every customer who buys one of his rods. Head to MontanaCastingCo.com and use code MEATEATER20 at checkout for a one-time 20% off discount. 